When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I am so excited about my guest today. First of all, I think she's the first guest I have ever had in Austria. Oh my gosh, is there a more beautiful place in the world than Austria? Of course, I say that coming from the mountains of Colorado. Um, So I am partial to mountains, but I mean, it is just so gorgeous. And, you know, today we're going to be talking about branding and in particular, international branding and personal branding. And so please join me in welcoming Bridget Boykowski to our program today. Welcome, Bridget. Hi, Deb. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be your guest today. Well, it's we're going to have so much fun. Yeah, this time roll the reversal. <laughs> well, yeah. let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. So Bridget Boykowski is a global and personal branding strategist who helps clients craft meaningful strategies that effectively elevate their brands to unleash their full potential. Bridget is the founder and owner of Bridget Brands, a branding strategy boutique that offers workshops, one-on-one trainings, and digital courses to empower personal and organizational brands. Together with her clients, she goes deep and helps to bring the brilliance out of them to let them shine authentically. Bridget is also host and producer of Brands Talk, a podcast for brand lovers who want to learn from thought leaders, CEOs, business owners, and experts who tell their brand stories and share valuable firsthand insights. Bridget is not only a speaker, but has also been teaching for almost 20 years global marketing management and branding topics at universities around the globe. She earned her PhD Yes, she is a PhD in social and economic sciences at WU Vienna in Austria, specializing in international marketing and management, and her master's in business administration and education. Moreover, she is a certified trainer in communication, conflict management, and leadership. She also received her design thinking workshop certification from that little place called Harvard, which helps her coach her clients to think out of the box. As a head flight attendant early on in her life, she learned what makes customer service special and to be a leader of multicultural teams, which she has been refining since then in academia and the private sector. Bridget is also, because, you know, she she doesn't have enough on her resume, an international best-selling author of the book, Significant Women, Leaders Reveal What Matter Most. She reveals how she got into her sweet spot, her journey of understanding her pain, which ultimately became her purpose in life. When she's not working, she likes to go for a long run listening to podcasts like this one and loves to knock herself out with Muay Thai boxing. So again, Bridget, welcome. Yeah, again, thank you, Deb. Thank you for this lovely introduction. I know, so much fun, so much fun. Well, what I always like to start with is finding out how my guests got to where they are today and how you discover that this truly is your passion in life. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's basically all about serving people. That's Mm -hmm. what I feel is my purpose on this earth. And I have loved to do that Mm -hmm. um, 
for as I can think of. So, and I think it all started um, with my first job as a flight attendant. So, yeah, when I realized how rewarding it is to see happy passengers getting off the plane after mm-hmm. a long flight, like mm-hmm. 13 hours or a short right, flight. because you would have done international flights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mostly international flights. Mm-hmm. So they can be really long and mm-hmm. especially during the night. Yeah, and when they get off and they thank you for, you know, for that special service that mm-hmm. we offered and they had this sparkle in their eyes. So that was really rewarding. That's mm-hmm. what I felt. And um, during that time, I really learned how important it is to give your best and create an atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, and an experience that exceeds customers' expectations. Mm-hmm. So in my case, it was the passengers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it made me feel I'm doing something right and I can really bring joy to others' lives. And mm-hmm. yeah, since then, I truly believe that I'm here to serve and that I literally live what we call servant leadership. Mm-hmm. And I learned that. And mm-hmm. at that time, at this airline, my boss, I don't know whether you know him, Nikki Lauder, he's a for- mm-hmm. former Formula One car race driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was the owner of that particular airline called oh, okay. Lauda. Yeah, and I worked for him for mm. five years. And mm-hmm. he expected us to serve and give, this is, was minimum, 100%. Mm-hmm. So it's not 80% or 70 and that's enough. It mm-hmm. was 100% mm-hmm. pure. So our slogan was also, service is our success. So I mm-hmm. really inter- internalized it. Mm-hmm. I lived it and I, I still do. And I always will because... Mm-hmm. Grinded. Yeah, it's something that really became part of my person, mm-hmm. part of my personality. And at that time, we really also went the extra mile and the airline's organizational culture. It was a private airline mm-hmm. uh, competing against the state-owned airline. It mm-hmm. was very unconventional, startup-like, dynamic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we always were encouraged to constantly live outside of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We never knew what the next day is going to bring and mm-hmm. um, showing high flexibility, being able to pivot in real time to any sudden irregularities or mm-hmm. situations that were really key to do mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, we were motivated by this guy. He just mm-hmm. had it, you know, mm-hmm. um, going into one direction. Everybody was striving for mm-hmm best best mm-hmm. of our yeah to getting the best out of us mm-hmm. yeah so um and we also were motivated because we could stay at certain destinations for mm-hmm. sometimes a few days sometimes Ooh. it was a week mm-hmm. sometimes we spent a week in in sydney and 10 days in bangkok with a flight in between bangkok hong kong bangkok mm-hmm. or went to cancun and stayed there for a week wow and or um Sri Lanka Mm -hmm. so we we always were you know getting to know different cultures different Mm -hmm. mentalities so it really broadened our horizon Mm -hmm. and understand and indulge into these different cultures so Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that that's what I really liked and uh it's it's um why I like to be global because Mm -hmm. of interacting with all these different kinds of people Mm -hmm. and flight attending being a host and yeah I love to just hosting people whether Mm -hmm. it's a dinner or it's a lunch or inviting people to a party Mm -hmm. yeah and learning that how Mm -hmm. to do that it was also the door opener for my future development of Mm -hmm. of, of people because there was there was a point in time I knew that flying around the world will not make me happy Mm -hmm. in the long run yeah Mm -hmm. It's a girl's dream. It's something that you do. It's very stressful. And and Mm -hmm. at that time, specifically, you know, we were really every day asked to get out of our comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. there were no regulations, you Mm -hmm. know. It was more of a mess and more of chaos management. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. oh, we have to go to Jamaica tomorrow. Let's go. Mm -hmm. How do you get back? We do not know how to get back. (laughs) It was really always uh, being on a mission and mm-hmm. not knowing what's going to come. Mm-hmm. So it was relatively un- unregulated, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so 
And, and I also was missing more the intellectual part of my life. Mm. It, was, mm -hmm. it was always kind of troubleshooting. But um, after a while, when you have done it for a while, you're getting used to that. And I was like, so there needs to be more in life than being mm -hmm. a flight attendant. There needs to be something else that how I can serve. So with that in my mind and knowing um, that this job also has an end. Mm -hmm. So so at that time, it was like when we, we turned 36, mm. the contract terminated automatically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because he wanted only young flight attendants. Right. And yeah, so, they, they had a, a, a look, shall we say. He had a look and still... Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you have it on your forehead. Mm -hmm. It's kind of you fall in, into that specific mm -hmm. category if you're going to stereotype, which you should not mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, anyway, um, I knew I had to do something else. Mm -hmm. And uh, I left that job and started as a, a student. I started studying. Ah. So, and that's how I, I, how I did my first transition into mm -hmm. a new life chapter. Mm -hmm. Became a student. Mm -hmm. So I studied international marketing and management and um, business education. Mm -hmm. And with my with my idea of going back to the airline industry because I really lived it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's no right, and, and you were you you knew airline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean this is a real a real unique business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's something different than maybe any other job. You, mm -hmm. it has something very let's say, inspiring mm -hmm. and um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and at that, that time when I graduated, uh, the airlines rather fired and hired because they were maneuvering through really big turbulences mm -hmm. of mergers and acquisitions. Mm -hmm. So I had to pivot and then mm -hmm. I did different other jobs and, mm -hmm. and, you know, tried out what I would like, what I would not like. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was in different industries it was a nice time learning other things. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I went back to the university because I thought, okay, let's get the icing off the cake and do mm -hmm. a PhD. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then I, um, yeah, I did my PhD in international marketing and management. Mm -hmm. I learned how to teach. I did teaching a lot. Mm -hmm. And then also um, speaking at different universities and also had uh, different um, um, assignments to teach mm -hmm. in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So altogether, I taught, you know, in Hong Kong, I course uh, in in Vietnam, in in Russia, in the Ukraine, wow. in Asia, mm -hmm. in, in London, uh, in in Great Britain, mm -hmm. then also in Canada, mm -hmm. and in the US. In mm -hmm. the US, I taught for one school year international management. Mm -hmm. So. I really could keep this um, this life going of mm -hmm. being a whole person. Mm -hmm. And since I taught English, I also taught international students. Mm -hmm. So students coming from different parts of the mm -hmm. world. It was really interesting also to watch them, how they get to know each other, mm -hmm. how they learn from each other's mm -hmm. culture, like a Japanese person from a U.S. person, mm -hmm. from a U.S. person from... Uh, <laughs> A person from an African country mm -hmm. or Australian, mm -hmm. um, you know, with, um, let's say, someone from Finland. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting. I still do it as a sideline. Mm. I still have to do um, um, teaching assignments mm -hmm. as a sideline thing running. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to be kind of, um, you know, in, in contact with universities. Right. And mm -hmm. Young people mm -hmm. and learn from them. Because you also learn a lot from, right. from your mm -hmm. students. You mm -hmm. are always uh, uh, current. You stay current mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. their ideas, and mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a totally different generation mm -hmm. that you you learn to to work with to get an understanding of. So, yeah, and 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 that's how I became uh, a a teacher, a professor mm -hmm. at the university, and um, yeah, I also. Um, Continued my my um, career in the private sector. Mm -hmm. um, I was um, setting up the 
market research department in a real estate company. Mm -hmm. The financial crisis came up and uh, you know what happened in 2008. Mm -hmm. Right. The whole world really did kind of go fed. Yeah. So um, there I was. And then the university asked me if I want to continue teaching and Mm -hmm. take on more more assignments. And Mm -hmm. that's what I did then. I I received an eight-year contract. Oh, which terminated last year. Mm. So um, there I was knowing that uh, in 2020, my contract is going to end. Mm-hmm. I started with workshops, mm-hmm. um, offering workshops to companies in branding, in leadership, mm-hmm. in, yeah, basically the combination of branding mm-hmm. and leadership because um, leading in an organization, you do that in alignment with the values of the organization mm-hmm. and of how the organization mm-hmm. wants to present itself to the world, right? So that was really interesting, very successful. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to kind of really um, make that mm-hmm. to my my business. And mm-hmm. then in 2020, you know what happened yeah. in March? Everybody <laughs> came to a halt. Mm-hmm. I came to a halt. And the business model I was uh, about to... Um, yeah, to to follow and build upon mm-hmm. was not working anymore because nobody needed any branding mm-hmm. expert. Mm-hmm. Needed to save money, right? Yeah, so then I had to pivot again, and I started my first podcast. And um, then I was also asked um, by a university by an, an executive MBA program to start um, creating online courses. Wow. Yeah. So because. Um, I mean, I have I have created courses for mm-hmm. the last 20 years. I have mm-hmm. I've learned it actually. I, I have studied it how to do that. Mm-hmm. So that was the next logical step to do mm-hmm. to go into online course development, mm-hmm. online course creation, mm-hmm. and I really like it. And it's something you can do from your home office, right? You right. Mm-hmm. Go anywhere. So it's 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 a beautiful thing, and mm-hmm. that was a silver lining, um, and it was something yeah COVID for me was in that sense a blessing right because you were able to expand what you were doing it showed mm-hmm. me a different way of how I can serve mm-hmm. and how I can serve in my best possible way I love mm-hmm. to serve people I like to teach people mm-hmm. I really like to guide them I really like to show them I really like to support them mm-hmm. and not only in the classroom but um in a physical classroom mm-hmm. also on their own pace mm-hmm. so it's it's usually courses they can demand whatever they want, mm-hmm. download and do this and that and then right. online sessions. So mm-hmm. that is actually the perfect thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and slowly we are going back, hopefully, to also do workshops in mm-hmm. a physical room. Mm-hmm. And that's what I also want to do, of mm-hmm. course. So there's it's two different ways. It's mm-hmm. the online course that I also um, will create for my own company. Mm-hmm. So I I create my first online course um, now, which is going to be right. It's due to launch in about November. Yeah. So it's it's uh, on your brilliance, make your brain shine. Mm -hmm. It's for for kind of boxed in corporates who feel trapped, who feel invisible, Mm -hmm. and always um, we're thinking about doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, People who have maybe already a sideline mm-hmm. um, side hustle uh, that they want to really go for mm-hmm. and are really, um, you know, inspired about mm-hmm. and passionate about, but lack in self-worth mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and have the clarity of how to bring that about. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that would love to, but play small. Mm-hmm. They think they're not able to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might fail. Um, what if and what if and what if mm-hmm. something is holding them back mm-hmm. so this course is exactly for that people wow. who are either still in an organization mm-hmm. um, who would really like to break out mm-hmm. of their nine to five job mm-hmm. or there are others that got laid off because of COVID mm-hmm. and they think they need to go back into an employment mm-hmm. but would love to do their own thing mm-hmm. but they are not worth it. They can't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, they are not ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are others. They have started to work from home and mm-hmm. love it. 
They don't mm-hmm. want to go back to the office. Mm-hmm. So they want an alternative. So these are the three types of people that I speak to with my mm-hmm. course. Yeah. So um, I give them really, I help them to kind of um, dissolve this limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. to unlearn this old conditioning of playing mm-hmm. small. I went through the same thing. I know right. exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 something that um, it's so freeing once you have understood mm-hmm. that it's all in your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You change that, and that is for me serving. It's serving to help them transition into that new mindset, to mm-hmm. shift to that new mindset, mm-hmm. to be able to start to be confident enough, yeah, crystal clear, mm-hmm. also plan in their hands with a roadmap mm-hmm. to go that step to become their own boss. Right. So that's for them and that's my course that I'm going to launch in November. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. That's going to be so cool. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> so far to that. And yeah. Right. You're just, you, you have done so much and it's oh, incredible. I mean, you've, you've had the opportunities to, to be able to do things and you know, I, I, I love this and, and, you know, uh, global branding and global marketing, I think is, is something that is so interesting because especially I think in the United States, we get very self-centered maybe, you know, in, in a lot of ways. And uh, I think one of the things that the pandemic made us do was really think about, okay, I can work with people from around the world. Um, you know, all of these various things, you know, clearly there are, you know, brick and mortar places that, you know, they they pretty much have to, to deal with the people within, you know, a certain area. But for so many people, if they are providing a type of service, there is nothing that limits them. But they don't understand that marketing and branding in one place is very different somewhere else. Um, I, you know, before we moved to Atlanta, I taught a, a course at Metro State University and we talked, it was in communications and we talked about that. We talked about how, you know, things that we do in one country can actually be very offensive in another country. And, you know, just things like color, word choice, all of those various things. Um, you know, I still remember one of the coolest things, and, and I still do this to this day. Um, I had a, a Japanese student and he talked about business cards. Yes. And and he said, you know, what we do, you know, if, if you gave me your business card, I would probably glance at it. Yep. Toss it on my desk, you know, stuff it in a pocket, do something like that. And for many Asians, that's very offensive because they see that business card as an extension of themselves. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, what I should do to show respect is take the card, look at it, and then put it in a place of honor. So, like, put it right in front of me. Don't cram it in my pocket, things like that. Um, You know, and and just little things like that. And, And, of course, what I have found is when I do that, it makes me remember the person because I'm looking at it. I'm looking at their title, maybe what they say they do. So it's a way for me to remember them. And, and so I just thought that was a very cool technique that has many, um, many uses. Yeah. I mean, this is a very good example um, with the business cards mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you pay the respect um, mm-hmm. to the other person in mm-hmm. the other culture right. and, to, to have an understanding that's mm-hmm. the way how we communicate and mm-hmm. we deal with each other. It's having it in both hands mm-hmm. and looking at it, not just briefly, but mm-hmm. give it a few seconds, mm-hmm. you know, right. mm-hmm. and then put it in a very nice place of honor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's, um, and, and it's, 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 it's with everything. So mm-hmm. every culture has its idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. in order to do business uh, and in order to be respectful mm-hmm doing business mm-hmm. you need to know them mm-hmm. so what it means you need to do your homework before mm-hmm. you hit yeah you really need to immerse into that culture uh read about it mm-hmm. the best way is actually going there and right and oh we wish we wish mm-hmm. you know uh really um it's there's so many things on the surface that you know that you can read about mm-hmm. yeah there is so much below. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this iceberg model that right. we know mm-hmm. that is beneath, mm-hmm. under, yeah, 
that we need to get an understanding of mm-hmm. and we can only do that when we interact with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So that this is absolutely crucial. Mm-hmm. And as you have said, you moved from one place in the United States to another mm-hmm. place. The US is a huge country. Mm-hmm. So until the market is really saturated, mm-hmm. you can grow your business really big, you know, mm-hmm. in your own country. Mm-hmm. But in that country, you also have different subcultures. Right. There, there are definitely differences. There were some things that really surprised me here. I mean, one of the, the biggest was, you know, I attend networking events, haven't in 18 months, but, you know, I did when I first moved here. And I, I did in Colorado. I attended a lot of events. And, you know, it's, so it's a networking event in Colorado. You go, you chat, you chat, you chat, you get your food, you sit down, there's a program, right? Here, we do the same thing, except we have a prayer. And the first couple of times, that just really threw me. I was like almost, you know, mid, mid food in mouth type of thing, you know, and, and all of those things. Because, you know, we are in what's known here in the States as the Bible Belt. But it was just something that is, is it always happens. At some point during the, the event, there is a prayer. Maybe it's at the start. Maybe it's at the end. But that just totally threw me. And I thought, oh, you know, Colorado people would scoff at this. Um, you know, and, and here it's just something that you do. And even one-on-one meetings. I mean, I learned very quickly to, you know, when we got our food to pause, you know, mm-hmm. wait and see, were they going to say a quick blessing? And it happened more times than not. Um, you know, and and so it was just, it was as, as you know, it's it's that word that you said, and it's respect, you know, it's respecting what they're going to do and what what is important to them yeah uh and uh what did i want to say yeah and it's also the business etiquette yeah yes. East mm-hmm. coast, west coast mm-hmm. and um it's it's you have different attires it's it's, mm-hmm. it's a different way of um showing up you mm-hmm. know you should know that when you go somewhere right you know so that is paying respect because you go to another place, you're basically invited somewhere else doing mm-hmm. business. That's what needs to be mm-hmm. known, right? Yeah. 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 And um, there are, yeah, and across the world, it's even more so. The more you go into, uh, for, for big companies, mm-hmm. like big brands, yeah, they, mm-hmm. for example, Walmart goes into, into Canada. So mm-hmm. that was not such a big deal because... Mm-hmm is pretty similar to the mm-hmm. US, but it's not in Europe. For example, mm-hmm. in Germany, they right. totally fail. Mm-hmm. Or another good com- uh, good example would be Kellogg's Cornflakes. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Mm-hmm. You know, they are very successful in most parts of mm-hmm. the world, but completely failed in the Indian market. Mm. So because they thought they could roll out the same product, the same standardized mm-hmm. product, they have yeah, rolled out everywhere around the world, but completely failed in that market. Yeah, um, with an imperialistic approach. That's we are doing it there, where we do mm-hmm. it at home. Counts and makes you successful is 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 absolutely uh, a wrong assumption. Right, right. Yeah, one of my favorite things to do here, and I've done it several th- times. You know, we're uh, we are the, the the worldwide headquarters here in Atlanta of Coca Cola. And they have, you know, of course, they've got the Museum of Coke and they have a huge international area. And they talk about the fact that, you know, in in some areas, it's uh, one of them. And and I forget which country it is. Their biggest product is an orange drink, Um, you know, and and part of that is because they don't because of religious reasons, they don't do caffeine, Um, you know, and, and so Coke is not going to be sold there. A different product is sold. And, and clearly they spent a lot of time doing their market research because yeah, they, they didn't want to fail in those countries. Yeah, they had green tea coke in Japan. Mm-hmm. You would not get in Europe or mm-hmm. I think in the US. And then you have um diet coke and Coca-Cola light. So we mm-hmm. cannot live with diet coke in Europe because of um any jurisdictional things. Ah, um, hmm. Not allowed to, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm have to call it coca-cola light and ah. then in india for mm-hmm. example you have the the sugar from a different source mm-hmm. and it's much sweeter because the indians have a much sweeter tooth mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the coca-cola in india will also take uh, taste differently mm-hmm. um i mean they have this this global look you know right um but they also localize mm-hmm. in that 
because the product um, um, tastes different. They have mm -hmm. also in Thailand a completely different advertising theme. Mm -hmm. You will not see anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola is very strong in Thailand, but mm -hmm. it's very much localized. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Coca-Cola with the global look mm -hmm. because you want to have consistency, mm -hmm. you know, across all the markets. Right, the branding. Coca-Cola, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but they... They prune it, they, they kind of localize mm -hmm. uh, certain taglines mm -hmm. that really connect with the local market. Mm -hmm. And very important are also the endorsements. Mm -hmm. So the endorsers, the ce this, um, celebrity endorsers. Right. Oh, yeah. You have to have a local celebrity that's endorsing it. Yeah, uh, you know, somebody now they might recognize like a movie star, or maybe even a sports figure here from the United States, but they don't want them they want someone from their community from their country yeah it's all about feelings you mm -hmm. want to connect on a visceral level mm -hmm. so they adore this celebrity this local celebrity mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. coca-cola is co-branding with that mm -hmm. celebrity mm -hmm. that has a lot of power and right. leverage you know? mm -hmm. so that's why they do that they mm -hmm. team up with the local um endorsers mm -hmm. celebrities so that's very strong in India. That's also very strong uh, in um, in China. Mm -hmm. We also do that. So all the different kinds of brands, like mm -hmm. Colgate did it when they introduced their mm. their um, Colgate uh, mm -hmm. toothpaste there. So they were very successful with that. It cost them a huge amount of money mm -hmm. because you 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 set up a relationship mm -hmm. with the local market. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, so that is, and, and, and also with the taste, as I said, mm -hmm. yeah, um, Colgate came up with uh, specific toothpaste tastes, mm. like green tea, uh, mm -hmm. green tea and, and uh, mint and lime. Mm. So that is something completely mm -hmm. different. It's, it's basically localized mm -hmm. to the Chinese market that they like it. And also they invented a stand-up tube for, ah. the, for, the, um, for the toothpaste, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and that was then really successful in in the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. But Upspring, where it was developed mm -hmm. and innovated, was for the Chinese market. Interesting. So springboard market then for mm -hmm. the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. So there's a lot of things that that that, that um, are invented for mm -hmm. markets, uh, and then basically reversed back um, to to other markets. That's mm -hmm. we call a reverse innovation mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for example another good um yeah example is levi's jeans in china yeah so mm. then they, they launched the first brand outside the u.s mm -hmm. and called denison yeah ah. so very successful for the for the uh, chinese market mm -hmm. and it spread to india to south korea mm -hmm. to Singapore. And other markets, and in 2011, mm -hmm. it was reversed, so so called brought back to mm -hmm. the United States, mm -hmm. and was sold at Target stores ah. for a third of the price of the Levi's jeans. Mm. Yeah. So you kind of have different mm -hmm. customer groups that you can appeal to mm -hmm. as a company with different brands. Mm -hmm. So you have Levi's brands more on a premium level, and then on a kind of um, um, on another. Mm -hmm. Lower level, mm -hmm. yeah, a simultaneous brand mm. that would be the denizen for mm -hmm. the budget-conscious mm. customer groups. Right. I would say, yeah. Or an, another good example of of understanding local markets is Henkel's a buyer black garment detergent. Mm -hmm. So Henkel is a, a European, a German brand, mm -hmm. uh, one of the fiercest competitors, basically of Procter and Gamble. With oh, okay. Hide detergent. Mm -hmm. So Henkel's detergent at Bayer Black was introduced um, in the in the Middle East mm. for yeah as a detergent mm -hmm. uh, for black uh, garments mm -hmm. to keep them black as black. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. and they did lots of market research mm -hmm. and used a local communication strategy. So they re were really localizing mm -hmm. with. Strategy and invented a product specifically for the black black products, mm -hmm. and it became so successful. And they thought, okay, in the in the yeah in in the Western world or in the European mm -hmm. market, mm -hmm. also were a lot of black. Mm -hmm. so 
let's use that. Every woman has her little black dress. <laughs> and they introduced that back home in the European market and, and it became a huge success. Mm. They just called it differently, you know, um, Persil Black mm-hmm. uh, instead of Abaya uh, for Abaya Black. Oh, okay. So it's Persil. Okay. Because th- that is marketed here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's, that's how when you see... Um, um, an opportunity in another mm-hmm. market, you come up with innovations mm-hmm. that serve that specific market mm-hmm. and then you bring it to other country markets mm-hmm. or you reverse it back home mm-hmm. also to your own market. Right. Or another good example would be Colgate mm-hmm. um, tapping the base of the pyramid in less developed markets, for example, in India. Mm-hmm. So for Meaning Colgate was a synonym for toothpaste in the Indian market. So oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He was literally asked for Colgate. Right. It's it's like here, you know, you ask for uh, a, a, a Kleenex, it even and it, but that's the brand. But that's that means anything that is a tissue. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And this is a really good brand for a synonym for a category, right? Mm-hmm. So inroads in the rural villages where people have been using charcoal powder and ah. aloe vera extract extract yeah to brush their teeth mm-hmm. so in these rural areas you know mm-hmm. uh, people usually uh, apply powder mm-hmm. with the middle finger that's mm-hmm. how they brush their, their teeth mm-hmm. right they don't have toothbrushes mm-hmm. yeah and, and colgate introduced the tooth powder yeah? mm. so that's how they really tried to serve uh, mm-hmm. a local Mm-hmm. So there's, there's lots of stories about right. how companies mm-hmm. enter markets, how mm-hmm. companies fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also, let's say, Oreo Cookie um, was uh, was basically not doing very well at mm-hmm. the beginning in the Chinese market. Um, it it um, uh, in 2005 they realized that the numbers are mm-hmm. really not flying high mm-hmm. and. It was then owned by Kraft Foods. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Oreo Cookies or Oreo mm-hmm. is part of the Mondelez group. Mm. So Mondelez bought it. Mondelez mm-hmm. brands such as Rich, uh, uh, Ritz, uh, oh, okay. mm-hmm. and Cadbury, Belvita. Mm-hmm. Kind of the brands. upscale type of, of snack uh, products. Basically, mm-hmm. we call it a house of mm-hmm. different brands, like mm-hmm. Nestle is a house mm-hmm. with and others of different mm-hmm. brands. Procter and Gamble is a house of different mm-hmm. brands, different categories. Mm-hmm. L'Oreal is also a house of different brands, but mm-hmm. more uh, in the in the um, in the body care and, mm-hmm. and cosmetics. Um, right, right. And and a lot of times you don't even realize that unless you read, you know, manufactured by or something like that, and you're like, "Whoa, yeah. this is a P and G product." Hmm. Yeah, like Converse is mm-hmm. owned by Nike, you know? Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, but mm-hmm. they bought it, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, they really did well, uh, did not well, did not do well in the Chinese market, market Oreo cookies, mm-hmm. and research revealed that it, um, yeah, again, they didn't do their homework. They didn't mm-hmm. understand their customers. They just thought they should love Oreo cookies. They should love exactly mm-hmm. these Oreo cookies, which was not the case mm-hmm. because it was way too expensive. Yeah, mm. and the Chinese um, for the Chinese, the biscuit was too sweet. Mm. They don't like that. Oh, so they yeah. really didn't like the frosting. They didn't know any, not any of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. <laughs> Um, what they did then, they reformulated the Oreo, the mm-hmm. original Oreo, for mm-hmm. the first time in 93 years' history. Ah. The biscuits. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost 100 years old, mm-hmm. right? And the first time they adapted to local tastes. Mm-hmm. And what they do, they don't have just one flavor inside, they have mm-hmm. two, like orange and mango duo. Or ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Pork pastry. Mm-hmm. TK, Gorette, mm-hmm. Bean, all these kind of different mm-hmm. things, um, we would not really have to. Right. Talk and we're going to go, ew, at, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, the size of the package was also reduced, yeah, <clears throat> because mm. they like smaller mm-hmm. packages. 
sizes mm -hmm. and um, especially at the first taste at a mm -hmm. lower price and <clears throat> So far, marketing promotions really lied on bonus packs. Yeah, they were mm -hmm. also replaced by more economical in-store mm -hmm. samples, and um, also they expanded the distribution beyond just grocery stores and mm -hmm. hypermarkets to include also the mom and pop stores, the right. convenience stores, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and they also invented then another product line, the Oreo sticks. These are longer sticks, like ah. this. One. Hmm. Yeah became a big hit in the market and mm -hmm. market share mm -hmm. very, very quickly. Um, yeah, and then they also branched out or used also China then as a springboard for mm -hmm. um, introducing it mm -hmm. in other country markets. Right. And what Oreo, Oreo's cookie learned um, that, um, that customers have different tastes mm -hmm. and that you have to be local to, or sensible to local mm -hmm. idiosyncrasies. Right. To customers on board that, mm -hmm. that's really um an important thing mm -hmm. to do so a global brand having a global look mm -hmm. but at the same time a local touch right yeah mm -hmm. and um, i think the consistency of one look one voice needs to be strong mm -hmm. because you know there's this global myth you would mm -hmm. call it the global myth it's it's based on quality mm -hmm. yeah because a global brand communicates quality mm -hmm. Mm -hmm brand usually also has this sustainability character that also mm -hmm. goes along with that. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's easy to, to be, you know, to have those differences, especially with websites. Um, you know, when, when you get to looking at it, you realize, oh, okay, well, this, this website ends in .ca. So it's Canada, .au, it's Australia. And so it's fun every once in a while you get to the, the, the wrong one. Um, you know, so one that, you know, you, you had an intent and it's like, well, this is an Oreo cookie, but it looks different. And, and so it's, it's, but so it is very easy, but you're right. They have that overall brand that signifies quality, you know, whatever it is that, that their overall brand is, but then they tweak it for their market. Yeah. Twist, lick and dunk and then tweak it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. yeah. So Oreo is, is a, is a brand to have fun with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chinese are per se more like they like to have fun colors mm -hmm. and it's a very colorful mm -hmm. website, blinky website. So mm -hmm. there's a lot going on usually, mm -hmm. very, very many images. Yeah. And they also did a good job um, now during the COVID crisis. Mm -hmm. They came up with a new um, campaign. It's called Stay Home, Stay Playful concept. Oh. Yeah, it, it, it was actually born in the Middle East, mm -hmm. uh, in Africa, so it was rolled out there. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's a great, simple tagline. Mm -hmm. And um, it was built on the tagline, mm -hmm. that Stay Playful campaign that mm -hmm. was rolled out in, uh, in the 2019. Right. And so they, yeah. they added to it to make yeah. it timely. Exactly. exactly. So that's how they play. And mm -hmm. they also have the global teams mm -hmm. and have local brand teams. So they're very, mm -hmm. so when you entering other markets, you need to know who you are. Mm -hmm. You need to know, okay, that's, that's our global mm -hmm. brand, but then you need to localize it. So you mm -hmm. need to come from two sides. Mm -hmm. Localize it, you need to understand the customer mm -hmm. inside out. Mm -hmm. You need to understand what the customer thinks. Right. You need to know what mm -hmm. the customer feels. And with what, who you are as a brand, mm -hmm. your identity, that's what you can, still can mm -hmm. control. But the image in the market, that's what you create through customers' thinking, mm -hmm. through customers' wants, through customers' mm -hmm. feelings, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's how you bring it together. Mm -hmm. You have the global, the global teams and the local brand teams mm -hmm. that need to work together in sync. Right, yeah. right. That's true. You know, I think one of the, the ones that, that amazed me one time, you know, here we are again in Atlanta. And so I went to the Gone with the Wind Museum, you know, the, the movie, the book, all of those things. And they had movie posters from various countries. And here in the United States, Rhett has Scarlett kind of draped over his arm and she's got a fairly low cut bodice. Um, and then it showed and I don't remember what the country was, but her her top came up to her chin. I mean, there was, and of course, you know, the movie came out in the, the late 50s. Um, 
you know, there was no bosom that was going to be shown, um, you know, and, 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 and just how they had to do the different movie posters for the same movie. And, you know, even you know, a friend of mine was just posting, he's written business books and just how they have to do the different covers for the different countries. And he said, part of it is color. Um, you know, you, you, you have to pick, uh, you know, business colors are different and, um, and, and the imaging, he said, you know, it, it had to be a very different image and look for the, the book. And, and he was, you know, it was a marketing book. So he was just fascinated by all of this, but, but yeah, it's, it's those, those seemingly simple things, but things that make it where the, the, the consumer knows that you cared enough about them. You know, and and so you thought, okay, this book cover needs to look different. This movie poster needs to look different. You know, that the inside of the cookie needs to have different frosting. You know, whatever it is. Exactly, yeah. And especially in the Arabic country, mm -hmm. you have to be very careful. Um, in in some countries, you cannot even depict women. Um, right. Mm -hmm. you have to, to go another theme. You know, mm -hmm. lux soap. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't show women. It just shows the soap, for example, mm. or. Uh, really remove mm -hmm. the women in their catalogs and mm -hmm. a huge outburst. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so you have to be really also, let's say, the, the, from the, the perfumery, the fragrance industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you usually advertise with women and with right. very. And it's usually kind of sexy. Mm -hmm. Really, really change um, the image and mm -hmm. uh, be careful with that as well. Mm -hmm. And colors also, you have mentioned colors. Mm -hmm. It's, it's it's colors and, and numbers. For example, mm -hmm. number four in China is a no-go. Mm. It's associated with death. Mm -hmm. yeah? mm -hmm. So if you sell something um, in an in a arrangement of four or in a set of four, that wouldn't sell. Hmm. Yeah? Or if you price it in the number four, it wouldn't sell. Mm -hmm. Right. So you want to price it with a number eight yeah? hmm. because it brings luck. Yeah? Mm -hmm. um, or you have, for example, where you have a large... Um, Chinese or uh, Asian diaspora, mm -hmm. like in, in Vancouver or mm -hmm. in the, on the West Coast, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also see, let's say, uh, hospitals where you're not having a floor number four. Mm -hmm. So, um, right, like or, we don't have a, uh, a 13 in, in US yeah. elevators. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, once I had a passenger that showed me um, the boarding card mm -hmm. and it's row number 13 and i knew we do not have a right row mm -hmm. this person was freaking out mm -hmm. because believing in that the plane yeah mm -hmm. so um we have to be really careful with this superstitious mm -hmm. uh, way of thinking mm -hmm. and also pay respect to the right. different um belief mm -hmm. patterns mm -hmm. right norms. i mean i did that with the podcast for episode 666 I mean, six 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 in 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 many cultures is is not good symbolism, and it's funny. I have another friend who is is a big podcaster, and and he chose to specifically play on that number, and and to talk about it. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to skip it. I'm just not, you know. And 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 I did. I just I totally skipped that number because I knew that for some people it would have a connotation where it wouldn't matter in the slightest what the program was about. They just wouldn't listen to it. Yeah, and then we have also the color, and there's also mm -hmm. a funny example. Um, be careful when you enter other markets mm -hmm. and you have a color, let's say green. Mm -hmm. You would not use green so much for the Chinese market. Right. Because green hats are associated with infidelity and used as an idiom for oh. husband mm -hmm. cheating on his wife. Mm -hmm. So there's always a story behind colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need to be aware of that too. Mm -hmm. yeah. What colors are used, yeah, for this right. market? Mm -hmm. Well, and that's where if you're doing a website for that country, yeah, you you make sure that you know it's it's not and and yet green was one I remember learning about when I was you know the the teaching my students you know for for us it's it's green money I mean you know and 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 it's also environmental I mean you know there's Absolutely. there's that whole thing and but yeah in some countries green is is not a color that you use and when you know that you might be scaling sooner or later globally mm -hmm. have in mind when you start mm -hmm. with your when you right. start branding your products, mm -hmm. 
services mm -hmm. what these color, uh, colors could mean in another country market. Mm -hmm. Right. Or the numbers or whatever you use. Mm -hmm. Or for example, Starbucks in the Middle Eastern mm -hmm. country, they had to get rid of the mermaid. Ah. There's no mermaid. She, the mermaid didn't go. Hmm. Oh, she got, yeah, she went. <laughs> She's not on it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, then, then you have to pivot a little bit mm -hmm. and find an alternative um, logo for your brand mm -hmm. in that specific market. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, know, you touched on something that I, I want to discuss a little bit more, and that's women and how in different cultures, women are thought of and treated very differently. Um, you know, and, and from, from a perspective of women business leaders, how does that work when, you know, when, when we're trying to do business, say, in countries where there is a very differing view of, of women? Uh, it really depends on the on the company and mm -hmm. on the country market. Okay. So um, I think nowadays it it we still in our own markets we have the problem that women are very often ignored mm -hmm. and that we are having a hard time mm -hmm. really stating uh, our or claiming our voice mm -hmm. that we okay we are here and mm -hmm. we want to. So there's still a lot of inequalities mm -hmm. when it comes to to uh, gender. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, the Chinese market has become more open to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so because there's a lot of women entrepreneurs as mm -hmm. well, and um, so here you see uh, much more Western influences. Mm -hmm. yeah? uh, still, in the Japanese market, um, it's 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 still room mm -hmm. to grow a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Women in the in the C level positions mm -hmm. are not not really existing mm -hmm. yet. Yeah? So it's more on the lower end because women get the kids and they stay at home mm -hmm. um, and are more uh, in a, in a role of an assistant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the Middle Eastern, um, this is still a tough place for women, right. mm -hmm. especially when we see more a reverse. Um, way of of of, of development, mm -hmm. yeah, in markets. So here, I would be uh, as a company to send women. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I would think twice about it. Yeah, I, and you know, and that's frustrating because we're thinking, well, she's the CEO, she's the head of marketing, whatever. But you have to, you know, and and yes, it's offensive to us to think. You know that's they're they're not going to pay attention to it. They might not even let her in the meeting, but we still have to follow what their culture is and slowly make inroads. We can't yeah. force our way into it. And it's very often that in Middle Eastern countries you still have an intermediary. You're not right. directly mm -hmm. talking to that person in charge, and they check you out and mm -hmm. have talks with them. Mm -hmm. And that might also be an opportunity to talk about that issue. Mm -hmm. Um, and see how what are the um, yeah the way mm -hmm. of, of of communicating right. what is what is how is business done mm -hmm. yeah right yeah I remember I was working with a young woman one time and she was from Pakistan I believe and you know and 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 I I could be incorrect on this but it's and it's been a while since I worked with her so you know maybe things have changed but if she went to a business meeting so like a networking event. She could not walk up to another man there and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Uh, another man, in particular, they preferred it to be a male relative, had to go and introduce her and say, you know, I would like you to meet. Um, and, and so for that, she loved LinkedIn because you didn't have to have any of that. You know, she was able to reach out to anybody she wanted to on LinkedIn and not have to have that, that intermediary in there. Um, you know, and, and, and of course, you know, being brought up here in the United States, you know, we all go at that, but yeah. it is the way it is for them. And we do, you know, it, it's just like taking that business card with two hands. We do still need to show respect to them. It's the customs. Uh, mm -hmm. It's something that's so deeply ingrained in culture. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes longer than mm -hmm. these things are. Uh, relaxed, right? And, uh, we have, yeah. There needs to be more there, mm -hmm. right? And and I think it's 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 beautiful that um, these women also have an alternative going mm -hmm. through social media, right? Mm -hmm. uh, make it 
make relationship mm -hmm. and connect with people around the world mm -hmm. that understand. Mm -hmm. I also have seen that on Clubhouse that people then participate mm -hmm. in that and uh, could kind of own their voice mm -hmm. finally, you know, and other people are listening mm -hmm. and thankful and, and grateful that um, I remember she was participating and uh, in the whole conversation mm -hmm. and we supported her and that mm -hmm. was for us a very good feeling because we understood how mm -hmm. happy that person is mm -hmm. to own her voice and right yeah it was beautiful right and that ties in with your your class you know so it's it's you know you you talk about owning your brilliance it is mm -hmm. about owning your voice about owning yourself and it doesn't matter if you're male female you know uh, whatever culture whatever sexuality i mean all of those things you know, we need to be comfortable with ourselves. And that is, that is tricky. Um, you know, we're, we've only got a couple minutes left. We didn't talk about personal branding at all. And so I just need to, to have you on again to, to talk about that. But yeah. it is something that, that we need to, to do. And, and more importantly, we need to help others to do it. And I love that you have the, the servant leader mentality to, to, you know, to, to be what you can to help people be successful. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that. I mean, it's um you also feel good when you are of help, when mm -hmm. you see that you can guide people, you right. can support people, it makes you happy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get up in the morning and you feel let's say not so happy mm -hmm. and the whole happy and you know, it's you, you just stood up with the wrong leg mm -hmm. and in order to turn that around mm -hmm. is think about how you can help someone mm -hmm. else be happy. Right. Right. So that yes. you up instantly, mm -hmm. and you are on a completely different mm -hmm. level. Right. And this is this is a great why you should be, um, yeah, positive. Mm -hmm. you should right. Be. Yeah. I I saw something on Facebook just yesterday that said the best way to raise yourself up is to raise others up. Raise others. Yeah. And I it's thought okay. you know that's perfect. We shouldn't be stepping on people to get ahead, we should be raising them up because then we all raise up. Yeah. 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 And we should spread the word about this because if more people do so, mm -hmm. uh, in general, we would be a much happier and joyful mm -hmm. society if we would focus more on the positive right. and if we focus more on mm -hmm. what can I do mm -hmm. in order to make things better instead of waiting for what other people can do mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So and I think it's a wrong approach, mm -hmm. but yeah, so it's, it, it, it all starts with us. It all mm -hmm. starts with how we think and whether we take action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of people are sitting and waiting mm -hmm. and feeling or being their own victim mm -hmm. and say, okay, life is so sad and everything, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, get up and do mm -hmm. something else or for it that you're mm -hmm. feeling. Right action so with every little mm -hmm. step um a little bit of your path unfolds you know and um shows you the way mm -hmm. and um once you do that you also become much more stronger and mm -hmm. much more confident in and much more joyful mm -hmm. and um you see that um yeah positive things are mm -hmm. going on positive things mm -hmm. so how it works that's an unwritten right uh, yeah negative draws in negativity positive draws in positivity yeah well oh my gosh bridget we only have a couple minutes left this has been so much fun and and we definitely have to to continue this conversation <laughs> um but you know tell people how they find you and connect with you because you know i'm sure part of this is people just went oh my god i don't know how to do this this is so complicated <laughs> how do they find you and and work with you Okay, so um, I am very much busy on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is my preferred platform. Okay. Um, you know, there's people busy on all the different kinds mm -hmm. of platforms. I focus more on LinkedIn. I'm mm -hmm. on other platforms as well. So mm -hmm. if you drop me a DM, I'm fine too. Mm -hmm. But LinkedIn, you can find me under my name, um, Boykovsky B. Mm -hmm. Because some call me Brigitte, others call me Bridget. Mm -hmm. So everyone actually worldwide calls me Bridget. There are mm -hmm. some people in Austria call me Brigitte because that's the German version. Mm -hmm. So on LinkedIn, if you connect with me, I would be more than happy. Mm -hmm. And then I also have my own website. Mm -hmm. It's um, bridgetbrains.com. 
Mm-hmm. Um, then um, I'm also on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, on Pinterest, and mm-hmm. on Twitter. You're you're so, everywhere. You're everywhere. I love it. I love it. Yeah, but I'm more focused on LinkedIn. That's that's mm-hmm. my my home, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's where we typically communicate. Well, you know, uh, this has been absolutely fascinating. And, you know, like I said, I can't wait to to do it again. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Yeah. So if you connect on LinkedIn with me, um, then you will also stay informed Mm -hmm. about my course that I'm going to launch in November. So if you're interested in that, you can Mm -hmm. also sign up to my newsletter. So you will stay uh, recent with my la- latest podcast and um, you will also get the latest information about the course so in I think a few days you can also sign up to the waiting list and then see what the course really offers what's cool. in there for you, what's waiting mm-hmm. for you what I have developed for you so yeah I'm looking forward to seeing you in my course maybe I love it I love it and again the course is called own your brilliance Make your brand shine. Exactly. It's going to be on Bridget Brands Digital. So that's what I'm developing right now. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, this has been wonderful, delightful. Um, you know, we we will definitely do it again because I think we have so many other things that that we can talk about. This is why I set the timer, right? Um, and personal branding to say and about authenticity and all I know there's so much more that we can talk about and and right now, yep. yeah. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating discussion with Bridget Wikoski. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.